1: It's your boy, W-I-Z-E-Wise, and today's episode is sponsored by the good folks at the Virtual Presenter Course. If you want to turn your video conferencing from mundane to amazing, you have to check out their course. They make it easy for you to learn how to use new technology to turn boring meetings from just talking heads with backgrounds into your own broadcast studio. There's no limit to the creative ways you will become more memorable, impactful, interesting, and present when in a meeting, and even more when you take the helm as a presenter. Stop putting everyone to sleep when you share your screen. Please click in the link in the descriptions to learn more. You will love what you see, and the link will get you 20% discount that will automatically be taken out in the shopping cart. This is your boy, Wise. Peace out and welcome to another episode i am your host wize and i have a very special guest she is the host of successfully chaotic she's an entrepreneur she's a woman of many trades so when she comes on i'll let let her explain break it down to everything she does because she does a lot she's a very busy woman welcome to the show maria daniels hey maria
0: hey wise hey i'm so glad to be on here today
1: oh thank you for being on
0: yeah, absolutely. So, like why said, I'm Maria Daniels, host of the podcast Successfully Chaotic, a serial entrepreneur, a mom of seven kids, wife, and I always jokingly say, a local crazy lady. So, it just kind of like ties it up in a neat nice bow like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, successfully chaotic. Tell us a little bit something about the podcast.
0: So it, I jokingly consider myself and call myself an accidental podcaster. Uh, I was doing live speaking engagements as a business owner, talking to other business owners about different topics um, such as mindset, you know, uh, productivity and marketing and stuff but you know one of my passions was just the idea that a lot of especially at that time a lot of the the speakers that you would hear and a lot of the podcasts that you would hear would be very much kind of a highlight reel of you know I did this and then I did this and it was so great and I'm so amazing and and I didn't ever get to hear any good examples of people really telling kind of the raw, real, authentic version of their journey. You know, the struggles, the times that they tripped and fell, the times that they thought that they couldn't do it, the times that maybe they almost quit, you know. And I always tell people that, like, for me, there's been plenty of those times. There's There's been times that I've gone home and ugly cried to my husband, I can't do this anymore because it was just so stressful in that moment. And I think for me, the idea of Successfully Chaotic is the idea that life's chaos and there's really no planning for a lot of the chaos that goes on in the world, a lot of the chaos that goes on in our lives. But on some level, we can start to kind of control our own internal chaos. We can start to look at things from a different perspective and really start to focus on the things that we can control and not, you know, get anxiety ridden by the things that we can't control. So, You know, I mentioned early on that I have several businesses and I have seven children. There is a lot of chaos that goes on in my life, you know, and, you know, chaos has this negative connotation to it, uh, but it doesn't always have to, you know, chaos can be one of those things that you take as a negative because there's very negative chaos that goes on, but there's also positive chaos. My kids running around on a Saturday morning, squealing and giggling. It's definitely chaotic. You know, there's not very much quiet that goes on in my life, but it's beautiful chaos. And, you know, for me... Successfully chaotic has is more than a brand and it's more than a podcast now. It's become almost like my own personal personal movement of just being able to tell people that no matter where you're at, what stage in your life you're at at this very moment, no matter you know what you know frame of mind you're in, no matter no matter whatever, you know, you are able to start to define your own success. Because I think a lot of us, and I, I fell into this early on myself, a lot of us have this idea of success, this. That it's success as a destination. You know, it's well, when I get to this, you know, status and this dollar amount and this house, this car, this whatever, well then I'm quote unquote successful. But the problem with that mindset And and a lot of people that have reached that can tell you, if you don't have your own internal stuff fixed right, you can get to all of that stuff and you're still miserable, sometimes more miserable. And, you know, so the idea of success is something that you have to define for yourself. And, you know, for me, when I realized that I had been chasing somebody else's definition of success, it was kind of eye opening when I, you know, stopped to think about what I defined as success for myself. And I didn't really know at that moment, it was something that I couldn't even define because I was so stuck on somebody else's definition that I had to think for a while, you know, how do I define my own success? So, you know, for me at this point in time in my life, I can tell you, you know, my definition of success is purpose, you know, it's freedom, you know, it's, it's being able to literally breathe an idea into life you know, those to me are ideas of success. I mean, money's fine. Houses are fine. Cars are fine. Whatever. But to me, that's, it's kind of like take or leave it. You know, I, I really like the idea of success for me being freedom and purpose.
1: No, yes. I agree with you on that one for, for me as well as like for me, when I started, I started podcasting, uh, the end of April of uh, 2020 and, um, from there, it just it just snowballed into different things. It, it snowballed into me starting um, a production company. It, it, it led down to to now me working on. Well, we we launched a radio station, but we 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 kind of uh, shut it off for now because we now we know we got we we know we have it now. We know we have the app. We have one of the apps ready. We're we're working on the Apple app now. So just the fact that just with us doing this, this launch, this pre-launch, it gave us more purpose now. Like now we know we have the station. We know we what we need to do to get it really going to where we want it to be. But it was just the fact, just the beginning, just the beginning beginning of the journey where, where we were telling people, oh, we're gonna launch radio station. Ah, whatever, okay. To us actually launching and people were like, whoa, they really launched it. It's, it's just been a great, great journey like I know we've been we've been in a pandemic and but even during the pandemic I kind of just decided to just not just focus on the bad just kind of go with what the blessings that are falling my way
0: absolutely and that's the best way to look at it I know early on in the pandemic um 2020 you know I kept calling it the great pause and Because we were all kind of like forced to pause, you know, and I thought I made it up. I've heard other people say it, so maybe I didn't. I don't know. But I thought I made it up. I'm like, the great pause. I'm going to focus on this because, you know, if people that know me personally know I like to stay busy. Now, there's a fine line for me. There is a too busy and it is a very fine line between my sweet spot, which is busy and like. Maria's in an anxiety ridden fit because it is a very, very fine line that I have to kind of, you know, you know, walk like a tightrope, but I love to be busy. I love to be busy. And when everything just kind of like came to a screeching halt, like I wasn't able to do speaking engagements, you know, I've, I'm in a couple of, you know, cover bands that, you know, we sing at different pubs, and that was no more. You know, that was just that was my hobby. You know, it wasn't a job. It was a hobby, but it was something that I very much, you know, identified myself as. You know, we have all these things as people, as humans. We have all these like identifiers, right? These things that you know, I, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, my wife, I'm a mom, I'm a host of a podcast, I'm a entrepreneur. You know, we have all these these layers Decidals, to ourselves yeah. that, yeah, that we use to define who we are as people. And I mean, there's pluses and minuses to really hanging on to that because obviously that kind of changes and stuff can happen. And I think a lot of that really came kind of to, you know, being something that I was focusing on early on in 2020, just because everything came to a screeching halt. And I started to kind of like glimpse around it. Okay. Well, how do I identify myself at this moment? If I'm not a speaker, if, you know, I'm not really working my business right now, I was being a mom full time. So that title was still holding all my kids were home and of <laughs> my business all the time. But you know, if, if all of these other things that I identified myself as all of a sudden, you know, it, it wasn't as streamlined as it had, had been, you know, it wasn't my identifier at that moment and so I really had to dig down deep inside and you know ask myself okay well number one why am I so bent out of shape about the fact that I'm not doing these things at this moment because it's it's pretty much just a break right it's a it's a you know I was just taking a break but there was something unsettling about all of a sudden everything kind of not going on you know for me and I think that's been the case with a lot of people that I've talked to that you know all of a sudden their job you know wasn't you know They wasn't going into their job. They wasn't doing the things like they had been. They wasn't meeting friends for dinner. So all of these norms that we're all used to as being part of our lives, you know, all of a sudden wasn't anymore. And, you know, there's some negative things that go along with that. But what I had to do was I had to kind of reel myself back in a little bit and say, okay, I can't control what's going on with all this other stuff. What can I control? You know, what is it that I have control over? Well, number one, I have control over my mindset. You know, I have the choice, is 100% my choice on how I'm going to look at what's going on. I could look at it as a negative, run around like my my hair is on fire, can't talk, or I can decide, well, you know what, I'm going to make the best of it. So for me... I decided I was going to start to really dig into personal development, start learning a few new skills, you know, start looking into some of these things that I had kind of scraped the surface on learning, you know, good enough to be doing it. Um, Like podcasting, for example, I started looking more into the podcast stuff because I'd already started my podcast before the The pandemic hit, but not very long before. And but I didn't know it that well, so I took that time to really start digging in. Well, how are other people running their podcasts? Well, what are they doing with this? What are they doing with that? All of a sudden, I had that time to be able to do that. You know, I started making a point to um, have certain dinners with my kids. I started making a point. We started hiking as a family. I've always been an avid hiker, and my husband has too. The kids were always hit and miss. You know. Um, I started making a point that we did weekly family hikes and, you know, it was just little things like that, that kind of kept me going when I, when all my norms had kind of fallen away and there was nothing that I could do about it. Like most other people out there, you know, but, you know, for me being able to find those little nuggets of things that I did have control over and really excel at those and use that time to think about, about my purpose, really, you know, to think about, you know, I'd already started defining what I wanted my purpose to be for my life, for my family, for my business. And, you know, having that time now, looking back, I'm I'm actually grateful that I had that time to not have to think about all the normal things I had to think about every day. Because after the initial shock and after the initial freak out, because Maria didn't know what she's doing, you know, I was able to utilize that time to say, okay, I'm going to learn these other skills. I'm going to kind of hone in on these skills. And then I'm going to think about what is the part, what is my purpose? What is my biggest purpose? And what are all these time wasters that are going on that's taken away from that? Because I had a lot of things that I thought was so, so important to my business that if I stopped doing it, then my business would just like crumble to pieces and I wouldn't get my clients. And it's really funny that when I stopped doing them, I had to stop like everybody else. I had to stop doing a lot of these things that my business didn't suffer. So, you know, I was able to really look at what I was spending my time on and start utilizing that for my purpose, you know, for my business purpose, for Maria's purpose, for, you know, my family's purpose, and, you know, identify those things that were just the time wasters, because before that, it was a little blurred, you know, uh, you know, the, that saying that, you know, not all good things are good things, I don't know if you've heard that before, but, you know, it can be a good thing, but it might not be your good thing. And I was spending a lot of time on things that was a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing. It was a great thing, but it just wasn't my good thing. And it was actually distracting from what my things were. And then I, you know, I think for me, being able to have that time to really focus and I'm slightly ADD, I'm self-diagnosed ADD, but I'm slightly (laughs) ADD. So I've got all these things going on all the time. Like I like to have, but you can kind of get lost in the clutter and not really realize, that, you know, you're wasting time because it seems like, you know, I would spend so much time in meetings, first of all, endless, endless meetings, meeting after meeting, after meeting, after meeting. And, you know, a lot of those were not purposeful, you know, that a lot of those were not necessary. And, you know, being able to look at it from a different perspective, you know, coming out of that time where I had that time to really firmly establish my perspective, my purpose, and my boundaries, which is huge, you know, I was able to go back into my business with a new a kind of set of guidelines. I still have meetings, but I have meetings only during certain time slots. If you don't fit within the time slot, you're going to have to go to another day because before I would be doing meetings all day long and then I'd be, you know, up at night trying to finish my work because I'm meeting myself all my work day, you know. And I think there's a lot of business owners they kind of fall in that because you know we're wearing all the hats. You know, we're wearing all the hats and then if you have a family you add on those hats, you know, and then you know by the time it's said and done, you could kind of get lost in the shuffle of just all of the expectations that are put on you and you don't even have the time to stop and think about what you should be doing. So, you know, for me that, you know, that allowed me to have that time to be able to think about okay, well why am I doing this? Why do I think I need to do this? And what purpose is it serving? Because you know, if if there's no purpose that it's serving, then I don't need to be doing it.
1: <laughs> what would you tell somebody out there that wants to go into business for themselves? That they're realizing that wow, me losing like a lot of people are lo- lost their job because of the pandemic. Like, what would you what would you tell somebody if they if they wanted to become an entrepreneur?
0: Well, honestly, I think the The idea of an entrepreneur just means that you have a product or service that somebody is willing to pay money for. If there's anything that you do that somebody would pay you to do, well, technically you could be an entrepreneur. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's a couple of ways to start out. The way that I started out is I actually started out just freelancing. So before I incorporated my own business, I incorporated myself just under like I I E I N my own name. That's what I did. I attached an EIM to my name. So Maria Daniels, it has an EIM in attached to it. And I worked as a freelancer for other businesses. So I would come in and do, you know, different things that, you know, they needed help with to offset the tasks in their own business and, you know, some of them I knew how to do 100% because I had done them for years and years and other things I would give them a very good price on because it was something I had never done before and, you know, I would pitch it out and say to them, oh, okay, great, you need a website. A website's a good example. Before, before my first website as a freelancer, i had never built a website before. I had no idea but I was willing to, you know, watch some videos and, and, and learn about how to do it and give them a really, really cheap price on it because I was learning as I go and, you know, there actually are a lot of businesses out there that don't have a huge budget to work with and are more than willing to work with an inexperienced freelancer. And it's a win-win situation. They're getting something that they can't afford to have done, you know, by somebody that has a lot of experience and you're getting the experience. So I honestly would suggest, you know, number one, writing down the things that you know you're good at and that you're able to offer, you know, to another business as a skill set and the things that you think that you would be willing to learn more about because, you know, maybe it's kind of in the same world as some of the other stuff you do. So, you know, those are, that's number one. And number two, when you're ready to kind of go out and do your own business, you know, number one, just do it. You know, don't overthink it. (laughs) Don't overthink it because you can get lost in just waiting for everything is perfect. It's it's not going to happen. There's never a right time to do anything. So, you know, I'm a big fan of saying just go ahead and, and do it, but also start small. Um, uh, one of the big mistakes that I made early on when I made when I um, incorporated my business was the fact that I had worked for a corporate company. So I tried to run it like a corporate company <laughs> when I first started because that's what I knew, you know, and the problem that I found earlier, like right away, pretty much was the fact that, you know, whenever you're working corporate, there's a whole lot of things going on behind the scenes that you don't even realize anybody's doing. So I always jokingly say you start a business, you know, because of those one or two things that you do amazingly. And it definitely does not mean you do all the things amazingly, because most of the time there's lots of things that you actually do way less than amazing and you pretty much suck at. And that was the same, you know, that was true for me. Um, and, you know, another thing is go ahead and you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you go ahead. If you're bootstrapping like me, there's a lot of things that you're going ahead and doing yourself, but I do not recommend you do your own bookkeeping. And if you want to know more about the why on that, I can tell you the why (laughs) I'm poster child for do not do your own bookkeeping your first year. I tried to do my own. It cost me probably double what it would have cost to just have a bookkeeper do it. To try to fix the mess that I made in my books because I am not an accountant. I yeah. never took any classes in accounting. And yeah, I probably could have watched the videos and tried to figure it out, but I actually hate numbers. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those things that if I knew I didn't have the skill set, number one, I knew I did not have the willingness to learn it. Number two, I should have just delegated it right away but i didn't i thought i eh, get this gun good, good enough but the problem is is when you're dealing numbers you're dealing taxes you're dealing with all that kind of stuff you know i had to have my cpa fix it all so that was way more expensive than going ahead and hiring a bookkeeper to do it well
1: i'll, I'll keep that in mind now that since i started since i did start my business i started a, a production company i'm I, i'm the the skills that i'm learning editing like i'm I'm a, I'm a beginner at a i'm, I'm a well I'm a producer you might as well say I'm, I'm producing because I'm producing my, my own podcast mm-hmm. and I'm applying yeah. and I'm and I'm grinding and I'm cutting and I'm learning little tricks that I, I, w- I, I didn't know last year these are things I just didn't know and it, and with me like you said learn, watch a video to do this how to what free programs I can use and, and what programs are good for someone like for beginners like me and with time, with time, you you develop skills, so then you can add these titles to your resume. You can add that you edit audio, or you you produce content, or so these are little things. I'm learning and I'm applying. I'm, I'm actually adding titles to my to 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 my name. I'm like now I'm adding producer. I'm adding editor. I'm adding all these different uh, different titles that I didn't have when I first started.
0: Absolutely. And well, and that's the thing, even if you think about the most experienced person you can think of, they started somewhere. You know, they were a beginner at some point in time. So I think a lot of people get bogged down with this idea. Well, I don't know how to do it. Well, you know, just the willingness to learn how to do it is enough to learn how to do it. And, and there's going to be those things like I mentioned with bookkeeping. I didn't have the willingness to learn. I hate dealing with that kind of stuff. So if you don't have the willingness, great, delegate it like editing. I don't edit my own podcast because again, I watched like a half a video. I was like, nah, that's not for me. No, you know, and then that's okay. You know, the biggest thing you have to realize in your business is it's okay. If you want to try to do the stuff yourself, if you have the willingness to learn it, you will establish those skill sets. It'll be slower if you're doing all the things by yourself. You're going to do it a lot slower, but but it's okay. But it's also okay if you decide that there are certain things that you don't want to do There are certain things that is not for you. There are certain things you don't want to learn the soft skills on and you just want to go ahead and delegate it. And I think that's, that's a big thing to say because, you know, you you hear a lot of entrepreneurs say, well, I'm doing all everything myself. And then it's somehow it's expected that you're doing it all yourself. Well, no, you, again, are in charge of your own life and your own purpose and, you know, what you want to spend your time on because, you know, We all know that we're supposed to budget our money, budget our money for our business. We budget our money for our household, but we have to budget our time as well. Our time is just as precious, if not more so. So, you know, you have to really look at your time and budget it accordingly. And for me, you know, I have kids that are growing too fast and, you know, I like to spend my time on the things that I feel like are within my purpose you know, and I don't want to just have wasted time on stuff that I don't feel that is something that I'm wanting to add to on my skills. So bookkeeping and editing is not on the list. (laughs) But, you know, all in all, you know, if you're deciding to do a business, don't let anybody tell you how you should do it. You know, and I think that's a big misnomer in the business world is that, you know, you start a specific type of business and then you're supposed to be a cookie cutter of every other business like that. And I think that's, you know, flawed in so many ways. Um, you know, we're people, and as people, we have varied, you know, skills, we have varied personalities, we have varied everything. And it's that it's that variety that makes it beautiful. And you can allow that to shine through in your own business. And you know, that's one of the things that I preach about a lot is just your own personal branding. And I think people think of branding and they think of, you know, just the logo and the color palette and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, really you have to look at it a lot deeper than that to say, you know, what's the voice of your business? Because, you know, if you're speaking in your business in a way that's not in your voice at all, you know, that's not going to be true to who you are as a person. It's not going to be authentic. And I have found that, you know the businesses that i want to work with are the ones that i i can see the the real authentic person behind you know the logo the real authentic person because we all know that saying that we do business with who we know like and trust and and, and it's true we do and how you kind of get over the barrier the fact that you don't know all the people <laughs> is that when you're talking about your business, when you're talking to prospective clients, when you're, you're talking on your podcast, when you're talking, talking wherever you're yourself, you know, don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to put on this mask of perfection. And I, I actually hate the term professionalism a lot because I think it gets misconstrued a lot. Um, Again, coming from a corporate setting, you know, professionalism was this like mask of perfection that you had to wear at all times and you could never be a real person. Don't crack a smile unless you're talking to a client trying to sell them some, you know, it's just, it was this, like, it was just fakeness. It was just plastic. And, you know, for me, that's not what professionalism is. Professionalism, my definition of professionalism is that I'm going to show up as my true authentic self and you're going to get exactly what I've promised to give you. And I'm going to do my very best ability to do the job that I promised to do to the very best of my ability. And to me, that's professionalism. It doesn't mean I'm not going to crack a joke. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be a real person. It doesn't mean any of those other things that I think is tied into professionalism because, you know, it doesn't mean you have to dress a certain way or look a certain way. And, you know, back years ago, it was frowned upon if somebody had a tattoo in the quote-unquote professional corporate world. Luckily, we started to come away from that because, you know, that's not professionalism. Professionalism doesn't have a face and it doesn't have, you know, a wardrobe and it doesn't have anything. Professionalism just means that we're showing up to the best of our ability and doing our job to the best of our ability.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I, I completely agree with you on that. So, like, for me, like, I just started... I just like I said, I launched my radio station, and I had been debating like how, what I wanted to do with it, and and what kind of, and and what kind of business model that I want to run run with it and and use for it. And then I, I sat down and, and thought about okay, who who would be my prospective clients or, or customers or whatever, and and I, it it was okay selling time to podcasters, selling people time to people who want to create their own shows and all that. And and I started sitting down and, and pricing things and and I, I was kind and I kind of Doubted some of the prices, but then when I when I thought about it, I was like I'm I sat down and I thought about it. I, I thought about all the things I was giving I was I was or I was bringing to the table. Um, we 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 have an app for Google right now. We're working on an Apple app, so those are the two apps your your podcast is going to be on now. It's an internet radio station, so it's, and we have it worldwide. So that's another selling point that I I, I can use. Um, the, uh, the way um, the analytics we have, we we know I firsthand I can see the analytics and I can share that with people and 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 show them what what our numbers are going to be like eventually. And it's it's like, but now that it, as like you said, being a business owner is just my mind i had to, i had to shift my mindset i had to go from being an employee to being a boss to knowing budget, knowing uh what where this money's going to where that money's going to what, what i'm spending over here what am i spending on equipment so it's like it's like you said it's a completely different mindset you you have to go from um like an employee someone who's who's used to taking orders and not to someone now making decisions and deciding how how is because now it's, it's your business. So now the decisions you make are, are, are crucial, are key, and and and. But I love it. I love it because it, it's a freedom. It's a freedom that now, once I know I grow, I, I grow and build the business up. It's gonna allow other things. It's gonna allow other freedoms for me. That's how I. That's how I look at it. Anyway.
0: No, absolutely, and. think that's the biggest thing, you know, for when, when I speak with entrepreneurs, especially those kind of earlier in their journey, you know, a lot of times their focus is kind of off. Like they know a lot of, sometimes they know their purpose, like their big why, but then, you know, they're so focused on kind of the end goals of, I want to make this amount of money and I want this and I want that. And, you know, again, those aren't wrong, but there's a, there's a whole journey. Most people, actually almost no people, you know, make it overnight. You do hear those stories where it's just like overnight success type of thing. But those are like the business equivalent of winning the lottery. You know, it's not, it's not the normal. And honestly, I don't know that I would have wanted to do it like that because, you know, we learn from our failures. We learn from trying to do something one way and it not quite working. See, you kind of tweak a little bit and try it this way, you know, when you think of perfecting something, you know, that's not stagnant. Perfection is a verb. Perfecting something is an ongoing thing. You're constantly perfect. You know, I'm much better with my podcast than I was when I first started it, like horrifyingly bad at the beginning (laughs) to now, you know, I feel like it's all right, you know, but I may look back a year from now and be like, "Woo, that was terrible. Because again, I'm still perfecting. I've hit a point where it's better than it was, but it'll probably get better than it is now. And that's the way that it should be. So, you know, these people that do hit, you know, the business equivalent of the lottery and do kind of make that instant success, I feel like, winning that soon means you can easily lose really quickly too, because you've not gone through the kind of baby steps, the, well, think about it. I said baby steps. So let's think about it as a, as you know, a little child, you know, when a, when a baby starts to walk, you know, they're in a safe environment, we've baby proofed everything, you know, there's a gate at the stairs, you know, the sharp corners are covered with something we've put up the glass things. It's a controlled environment for them to trip and fall and bump. You know, they still may get a tiny little bump on their head, but we've pretty well made it a as safe as possible spot to learn to walk. You know, now as an adult, we can go walk in the highway and traffic, and. You know, as long as somebody's not driving like an idiot, we're going to be okay, right? We know what we're supposed to do. But you can't put an infant learning to walk in the middle of a highway, you know, and expect them to know how to follow the traffic cues, right? So it's kind of like that in the business world. You know, these people that end up in this overnight success, I feel like, you know, that can be the equivalent of sticking a, you know, first learning to walk child out (laughs) to figure out what to do in traffic. You know, because if you've not made the tiny little mistakes, if you've not tripped and fall and and bumped your head on the soft corner of the couch you know you're not going to realize how you need to, to do this better or that better and and what not to do and when you have more there's more to lose and that's kind of you know why I'm, I'm really a fan of you know starting out and just just trying you know don't sit paralyzed in fear afraid to, to try anything because of failure and I see people do that too they're afraid well what if I what if I do this okay don't, then 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 it happens then you know what if they think i'm stupid then they think you're stupid just try tomorrow you know because because that's the thing like if you're not betting more than you can afford to lose that's fine if you are taking because i mean anytime we try something new it's a gamble right we try something new it's a gamble it's going to be you know there's no 100 chance anything is going to work nothing so anytime that we try to do something new there's a chance that it's going to fail so it's a gamble. But as long as you're not gambling more than you can afford to lose, then you fail. You just learned something that didn't work, right? You learned that, oh, well, next time I'm going to do it like this. So, you know, that's, that's you know, my biggest thing with that is, you know, I even see it in, you know, the podcasting world, people starting a podcast and think as soon as they, you know, get behind their mic, then phew, the dollars are kind of come rolling in. <laughs> and it's the same thing, like in the business world, they think as soon as I've got my product, I've got my offer, bam, we're done. And then crickets because, you know, it, it, it takes a while and an average for a business on really to start making a good profit is about three years. You know, that is the average. That could be sooner than that. Um, cause there's a lot of things that can, you know, make it go, you know, a little more smoothly, but about three years to really start making a good, solid profit on a business because, and part of the reason is because it takes time for people to figure out you know, who you are, what you offer, why should they choose you, you know, and then it takes time for you to perfect your own skills as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner. And then it takes time for those, you know, those two things that has been learned to kind of come together. And it, it, you know, it's, it's not an overnight thing most of the time and, and it shouldn't be
1: no yeah and, and and i'm and i'm learning from and that's that's something i'm learning now with building the radio station and everything is it's going to take time it's it's a brand that i have to build up and eventually i will be able to charge or or be able to charge whatever i want to charge but again it's me building it up it's me taking the time and dedicating myself to building the brand up no one else is, i get this this people that come into this and feel like, why didn't I get 10,000 downloads the first time? Like, dude, nobody knows who you are. You're no one. Who are you? Who, unless you have 10,000 fans already, no one knows who you are. You have to gradually build yourself up. That's why it cracks me up when these guys becoming, oh, let's build, uh, hire me and I'll build up your, your following and your audiences up. Like, no, i rather I rather really work hard and build it up myself because I feel, to me, it's more rewarding. I look at it as it's more rewarding because I know I worked hard, and these numbers are truly true. They're they're true. They're not. They're not no bot. They're not someone faking numbers. This is truly people who actually do enjoy listening to what I'm doing.
0: Oh yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, if you have people paying for people to be following your stuff or whatever, that's not going to be people that are going to interact. And that's what you want interaction. You want interaction. And there's a lot of algorithms on these different platforms. I can tell the difference between organic growth and paid for growth, just because of the way that it interacts and it just doesn't do the same. And, You know, I always tell people, you know, we, we manage, we, as in my company that I own, we'll manage social media for, you know, a lot of brands and a lot of companies. And I have personally seen social media accounts that have a couple of hundred followers, but I know the numbers are pulling in financially and it's a lot of money. And then I've seen people that have thousands upon thousands of followers and they Sometimes can't pay their bill every month. So it's it's kind of one of those things that these social media platforms are great. There's nothing wrong with utilizing them for your business. That's a great place to use. I always call it a handshake. It's the place to go to say, hi, you know, I'm Maria, and this is what I'm about, and this is who I am type of thing. But that doesn't equate success. Again, you know, it doesn't equate where you're at because it's, it's, it's vanity stuff, you know, just because somebody has thousands upon thousands of followers does not mean that they are killing it financially. Trust me, because I've seen it with some clients that we have, you know, and I think it's because that, you know, you have to have that follow through. You have to have those actions that are needle moving. People will follow and kind of pay attention to things, but you know, what's causing them to want to actually do business with you is something completely different. So, you know, my recommendation for people is to try to have a balance and and that's kind of where it goes back and just into the personalized branding approach of, you know, peppering in, things that are completely have nothing to do with your business that just has to do with about you or what you like or who you are and then stuff about your business because you know for me the stuff that's just like one giant sales ad all the time it's just like this or this or even worse it's just like a high it's just like a I did this and I did that and I'm so great and I, I just like ugh, that kind of stuff drives me crazy but you know if it's a picture of their puppy or you know their you know, telling something real and raw about how they wasn't sure that they can make it through this particularly hard season, but then they were able to come out on top and then they did this. That's a win. I am there for people winning. I'm just not there for people bragging because I think there's a big difference. You know, I want people to win and I think everybody has the ability to win, you know, but you have to figure out what do you want and why do you want it? Because it Again, sometimes what you'll find with people is that what they want, they just think they want because somebody's told them they should. And I think that, yeah, I just think that that is something that in the long run can cause a lot of heartache and a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety because you're living somebody else's life. It's like you're living a lie.
1: Definitely, definitely, yeah. I I feel you on everything you just said. How I'm doing? How me and my nephew are doing it? We, we, we is there's like there's so many different things. There's so many different avenues that that this has opened up for us. Like he's he's had a book that he's been wanting to publish. So this gives us more outlets and and more things to be able to promote his book. It it gives us it, it gives us an opportunity to to promote so many different things. So we we just not don't just focus on okay, we just have the podcast, but there's other aspects of, the, of, of the podcast. Like we have some loyal, we have some loyal followers. Okay. So then we need to start doing merchandising because we know some of these people will support us. We'll buy these things. We'll buy a, a hoodie or a shirt or whatever. And these are the little things that you can do to help. If you really want to monetize, like you can't just rely on your, your numbers because you're gonna be waiting forever. You need to really go out there and 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 sell yourself and and show people your potential and show them. Listen, if you get with me now, right now on the ground floor, you're gonna be with me when I when I when it takes off. So you gotta. It's to me, it's learning how to sell yourself and being confident in yourself to be able to to have people want to work with you.
0: Yeah, I I think that a lot of out of the box thinking. Think of other ways that you can help you know, kind of streamline and bring in funds. And I've always been a big pusher of multiple streams of income, um, always. And, you know, it's funny because pre-COVID, that was kind of like the butt of the joke. Maria has a bunch of businesses. Maria just can't decide what she wants to do. And I'd even sometimes joke, well, it's because I never, you know, really knew what I wanted to be when I grew up, you know, because I've always felt this drive to have these different streams of income because for me... The market is ever changing. I'm in marketing. I I see the changes. The marketing is ever changing. What works today will not necessarily work tomorrow. What's hot and trending today may be completely forgotten tomorrow. And with that in mind, you know that that shows you that you know having kind of all your eggs in one basket, as they say, is never a good idea. And COVID kind of proved that because you know where a lot of people did have their eggs in one basket and if that basket just happened to be one of the ones that just completely the bottom fell out of you know they were left trying to figure out what the heck to do Um, where you know money wise I still had money coming in I was lucky enough I still had money coming in because I had kind of diversified We, we think about when you think about like financial planners they diversify your portfolios right so you know for your retirement they diversify they place money into different areas they don't put all your money into one area So we know that they do that on the back end for our retirement. Why are we not doing it on the front end? Why are we not doing, you know, diversifying our income? Because that makes the most sense. And it always has, because to me, it just didn't make sense to do it the other way. And, you know, again, I've, I've watched, like I haven't made a lot of, well, I haven't made any posts saying that or anything, but because I've kind of been struggling on how to say it. That doesn't sound like I'm being arrogant because I'm not. I was lucky that that was the way I had done things. And, and, I was still I did still had money coming in because a lot of people did not.
1: Because that that's the mindset people should truly have. We we're brought up. This is how we're brought up. We're brought up. We're brought up to um to go to school, get an education, get a job, retire from that job, and live and live happily. Ever. But that's that's not reality. Reality is like you said, you need multiple streams of income. You can't a job I, I call a job just over broke. That's what a job is. It's it's they pay you enough so that you can pay your bills and go back to work. So where, if people were to learn multiple streams of income, they wouldn't just have to rely on their jobs. They 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 know if they get laid off from their jobs, they have this this side this side business or side gig or whatever bringing in money. So absolutely, it, it, I, I'm, it, it's I'm it's some it's something I've been I've learned I learned I learned about multiple streams of income years ago. It's just taking me now to really, truly start applying it into my, into my life where I, I was always going into like investing in, 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 uh, in stocks. I, I, I didn't start doing that till last year. And it's something I, I, I wish I, I, I would have learned at a younger age and this, and just like retirement, just like having a 401k or having a Roth IRA. These are things that we aren't taught that had, I started at a younger age now at that uh, now in my 40s it's kind of it's it's a little bit more difficult for me now for someone my age now to really start investing when retirement is is not not near but closer than what it was when i was in my 20s
0: absolutely but you know that's i think that's one of the things that for me when i first started diversifying my income it wasn't as much as an understanding of The future, but it was an understanding of right now because, you know. We, I grew up with no money, like no money, like I had zero funds and I got married super young, 18 years old, baby, 18 years old. So we were poor. So I grew up poor, was still poor. (laughs) So whenever I would diversify my income at the very beginning, it was literally just to keep the lights on and food on the table because, you know, it was out of necessity, not actually out of planning. And you, you know, mentioned that we're not taught. I think, you know, I don't know if you've ever read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but Um, rich dad, poor dad is one that I quote a lot because, you know, I was, I was raised by poor dad. You know, my parents worked hard. It's not that they didn't work hard. They worked their butts off. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, they worked hard, but I didn't understand the other way of looking at things you know, early on. So, you know, for me, when I started just trying to do little things, it was just to be able to get the bare necessities that I needed. So I would, you know, do this little side job for this and then I'd figure out somebody over here would need this done. And then, so it wasn't until later on, you know, I ended up, you know, going to work for a big company after getting, you know, some education and, you know, I was making decent money that, you know, all of the things I've been on doing on the side, I started really pushing them a little more. So I had these, side hustles, as I always called them. I've had my wellness company now for 20 years, you know, as a trainer and a nutritionist. And, you know, I did all these side hustles all the time, but it, you know, it was only then that I really started looking at it as, okay, because I didn't have to have those side hustles anymore. I had a good job then. So then I started really looking at how to hone those in and make those work for me while I was working my job because it wasn't so much as a reaction at that point because see there's a difference when well I don't know if you've ever been super duper broke before but when you're super duper broke you just react you're reacting all day long (laughs) you don't even have the time to sit and plan to act because you're just reacting it's oh I'm gonna get the electric turned off I can't come up with this money so you're reacting trying to find the money figure out little odd jobs you could do to get the money oh you know, got to do this, got to do that. When you're poor, that's your life. And I've lived that life. Yeah. I grew up in that life. And early on in my life, I lived that life. And you know, it is, it's one of those things that I'm actually thankful that I lived like that for a while though, because it's made me more resourceful. You know, now I can afford to do a lot of things. You know, money is not my problem anymore, but I have the resourcefulness because of struggling, because of having to do it the hard way. I have, those skills which are invaluable and that's not something that you can go take a class in (laughs) you know that it's literally like the street smarts you know that's the stuff that you learn you know just by living it because you can't go take a class on resourcefulness yeah they maybe will teach you a few little things but it's nothing like actually having to do it to survive
1: no that that, those that's one of those it's one of those things that 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 kind of helps you create your why why like why am I not gonna go back to where I was? Why? Why am I gonna do the things that I'm gonna do? And and for me, it's been my, my 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 grandkids. They've been the reason why why I've really wanted to really focus and build something for them, so that they don't have to go work for someone else. If they want to continue in the production company business, that's great. If they want to go to school and do something else, that's that's up to them. But at least I'm giving I'm building the foundation for them to be able to have those options.
0: No, and and I agree. That's the same for me. I mean, my kids are a big, you know, why factor for me as well. And, you know, being able to show them that there's another way. But I also want to be careful that I let them, you know, I let them experience life without having it all the way easy. Um, that's one of the things that me and my husband talked about because he makes good money and I make good money now. But, you know, early on in my life, like I said, I did not. And, you know, the older kids, um, they probably don't even remember, but when they were super, super little, my oldest one's 22, when they're super little, like, you know, baby and, um, probably two, three, no money. I mean, no money, but like, even with the, you know, the kids now, they just don't get everything bought for them. They get stuff on Christmas, they get necessities. And if they want something else, they earn it because, you know, there's something to be said for having skin in the game because, you know, the a lot of these kids that get everything handed to them, you know, they don't appreciate it, and they don't even understand how to appreciate it. It's not their fault, you know. You don't know what you don't know, but you know, I want my kids to have to have it a little hard sometimes, not have it the easiest, you know. And I know it sounds mean coming from a mom to say I want my kids to have it a little hard. Well. You know, I, I don't want them to have it as hard as I did, but I want them to know that it's not always just breezy easy because yeah, some, some adversity. doing it
1: all. Over. Yeah, some adversity yeah. helps helps build up some character. It does. It if you if you don't if you don't go through anything in your life, then you you haven't lived your life. It's like you, sometimes you have to experience some things. You, you can protect your kids but so much they're gonna eventually leave the nest and, and live their lives and you, all you can hope for is that you taught them some 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 good qualities
0: i know my oldest daughter we butted heads when she was home she she lives in virginia now she's in the military she's got a little bait well she's got a one-year-old and another one on the way and actually they're they're both in the military um and Like it's funny, we the stuff that we butted heads on now, she tells me she's glad she went through. Like one of those is, you know, when she started working and she was driving, I made her start paying a portion of her insurance and I made her pay a portion of her cell phone bill. And, you know, the reason that I did that is because I wanted her to learn to budget, I wanted her to learn, you know, to budget her money and not just go and make money and then blow money, go and make money and then blow money, And I have nothing to show for it. Cause I know, you know, whenever I was 16 and working, I can't even tell you what I did with my money. I have no idea what I did with my money. I have no idea. So, you know, just being able to establish this, that idea of having to budget, she knew she had to pay X amount of dollars towards her phone. She knew she had to pay X amount of dollars toward her insurance. And so she had a plan for that. So she had to, you know, her spending had to be you know, done accordingly that she could still pay that every month. And she fought me on it. None of my friends have to do this. Well, I'm like, I'm sorry that, you know, your friend's parents don't have them do this, but I think this is a good thing for you to learn. And I stuck by it and she was mad all the time, but you know, she's thankful about it now. She's amazing with money. She understands how money works. She understands how to make it work for her. And, you know, I'm fine with my kids being mad at me when they're home, you know, my you know i tell them all the time i'm like i love you and i'm fine being your friend but that's not my job my job's not to be your friend my job is to teach you so if we can do that at the same time that's great but if you're going to be mad at me because this is you know a lesson that i'm trying to teach you then i guess you're going to be mad at me because if not i'm not doing my job
1: no, absolutely right you're absolutely right but maria it's been great having you on we, we it's it's been oh man we did some good time today i appreciate you coming on um let everybody know where they can find you and. uh where they can uh, contact you.
0: Absolutely. So the podcast is called Successfully Chaotic, and you can listen on any of the podcast platforms. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Successfully Chaotic.
1: All right. So um, you ha- um that's going to be it for me. I appreciate you being on, Maria. It's been a great time talking to you. I w- We just actually did your show last week, so we had a good time then, too. So it's it's been a pleasure. Um, it's gonna be an amazing 2021. We have the indie podcasts coming up in in June. I'm looking forward to that. Um,
0: yeah. So yeah,
1: it's it's it started off a little rough with uh, a a little riot, <laughs> a little riot, right? Then, uh, but uh, hopefully after tomorrow yeah. things are won't be so crazy
0: fingers crossed yes so we'll that's see how how it goes. i try to st- i try to stay out of it i don't even watch the news i can't yeah just-
1: yeah I again I
0: about purpose <laughs> that in no way fills my purpose so i've decided i'm not doing it Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> i'm not i'm not even i probably i'm probably gonna uh record something just so i don't watch the inauguration i just just keep busy somehow
0: yep it's probably for the best
1: but thank you maria i appreciate you being on
0: absolutely thank you
1: once again, thanks to Maria Daniels for being on the show. Now it's time for shout outs. Shout out to Steve Joyner for definitely setting up a great interview. Maria is awesome. So I appreciate that, brother. Big shout out to my real wise family. King says, Poppy J, Brandy J. Big shout out to my girl, Chrissy Richards from with Chrissy. Big shout out to the boss lady. Fina, love you, baby. Big, big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless y'all. Be safe. And once again, this episode is uh, dedicated to my man Angel Martinez. We're gonna miss you, brother. One of the one of the show's biggest supporters. And um, your boys wise out. Peace out.
0: Thanks for listening.